Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome, Dr. James Beckett. Sports Card Insights here with Mike Fruitman and Rob Veris. We had a special Thanksgiving discussion this week. We had a, a broader discussion, but this part of it was about what we're thankful for. We're thankful for other sponsors too. Top Spinini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, and Comsey.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So this was just some ramblings of three guys getting together. I certainly agree. I'm very thankful for my wife and family and friends. It's a great hobby we're in. And we're blessed to be able to do this and blessed to have you listeners. So thanks, everybody. And here it is. I'm thankful, obviously, for my health. I'm thankful for my employee's health. We had an employee who was around somebody with COVID, so they had to take a week off. Fortunately, they did not have it. But I'm thankful that at my shop, none of the collectors I know of have gotten to the point where it's, it's majorly impacted them. Or, or, or we've had some family loss, but I'm thankful for the most part that people have come through this in my area relatively unscathed. I'm thankful that shops are still open. We're past the point of initial concern. But uh, through last December, I had concerns whether shops were going to still be around. I'm thankful that a lot of my brothers and sisters have been able to not only um, stay open, but to thrive. And obviously, I, I wish there was no COVID. I'd gladly give back whatever I have in the bank because we could have eliminated COVID. I'm thankful that I don't know of any stores that literally have closed. I'm thankful that shops have opened. Yes, I say that in spite of having a shop that other shops near me could, could definitely affect. And then I'm also thankful that I'm able to give back more. I'm thankful that we're doing more drawings. We're doing more rewards for our collectors. Something I'm able to do, it's not majorly impacting me. I feel a sense of responsibility as they are stepping up and supporting the shop at the levels that they are. I'm thankful that I don't have to think about things. And from that standpoint, maybe I should be sweating every detail and every dollar, but I'm thankful that I don't have to in the regard that if it just makes sense, let's just do it. If, if it's bringing in pizzas for somebody and doing something nice for the neighborhood and stepping up for the community, I'm thankful that we're able to do all of these things. I've moved houses in the last year, and it's nice that I, in addition to not saying no to my collectors, I don't have to say no to my wife. Okay. You told me a long time ago that you don't have customers. Oh, yeah. Say that your wow. wife is not a customer. She's in a category by herself, but okay, we'll leave it at that. It's all you on. Rob, what's your story? Unfortunately, I got COVID early February, so I'm thankful that I got through it. It was scary and something that I don't wish on anybody. Thankful the rest of my family did not get it. Um, thankful that our business could survive store closures. We had an employee that got it and we had to shut the store down and clean and it's one of those things where in the past if your internet went down for an hour it would just drive you nuts and everybody's productivity would you know grind to a halt or if the lights went out and the fact that we could survive 10 weeks of being closed last year and still be able to break records with your storefront closed and be able to carry that on into the next year is tremendous family my dad has been back in the store something that we never thought we'd see he built this new building from scratch it gave him a project he's 80 years old there isn't a part of this building that he didn't touch having the three generations in here again with different skill sets my father's amazing uh, my son's just a different beast having him in here being the best of both my father and myself or better or for worse he literally runs the business. He's 26. I couldn't be more thankful for that. I'm thankful for the hobby expanding and not just the existing stores, but the presence of new stores. I'm with Mike. The more stores, the better. More stores, the more billboards. Um, the more stores, the bigger pie, the bigger slice. And that these stores can actually survive and thrive without manufacturers, without distribution. That they could go in and do things in their store that are event-driven, that are service-driven, that really put a positive light on the category. They're not just living off boxes, and they're finding ways to grow the category in ways that they've never had distribution. They don't even know what that's like. More and more people are calling this their business. Young people are coming in and dominating the game. People from 
20 years old to 35 years old are a huge part of this category. We never thought we'd see that again. So extremely thankful that this next generation is in with their technology chops, their passion, and their business acumen. We didn't think we'd have this generation after myself and Mike. We were worried that we were going to lose them to video games and YouTube and everything else that were dynamic and that cards weren't looked at as dynamic. Thankful that we would have a line of 25 people deep to get into our old store where literally we had to cycle people through the store. I was saying things that I never thought I'd have to say, sir, I need you to finish it up so I could get someone else in the store. We couldn't have more than 10 people in the store. We had a line going out to the alley to get in. Thankful that we were able to go into a new building and reinvent the card shop, have a blank slate that, yeah, it was done that way in the past, but we're going to look at it entirely differently. And just thankful that my passion hasn't waned. You do things for a long time, your fire might go out. It's never gone out. It's actually burning brighter than ever. Last and not least, to have event-driven things in our store. A, our old store wasn't big enough for a lot of it. And B, we've built a community here that I think might be second to none. And we've done it in a short time. The trade nights that we do here are ridiculously well-attended. And we had our first kids' night last Tuesday night and we had over a hundred kids and it was absolutely amazing. And I was Santa Claus. I had more fun than any of the kids. The store has become a communal space and I'm thankful for that, that my customers will come in three, four, six times a week. Again, the thriving of a category that we were all worried about so much five, 10 years ago. One of the jokes I like to say is so many customers we have in here, I've never seen their full face because they've had masks. We moved here five months ago and a huge chunk of our customers never went to the old store. That says there's this massive influx of people coming through. And I actually have a sign in here that says the happiest place in the hobby in Disneyland font. And it's just the viral nature of social media. When people walk in and their cameras are scoping your store, not for things to steal, hopefully, but to show the experience to their friends. And you get people all the time. I saw you on YouTube. I don't really do a lot of YouTube. So it's not generally me. It's someone else running something out of my store. Our older customers are really engaged, but they might not even understand what's going on in the last 18 months because the um, average age of the consumer that comes in our stores dropped from being a 48-year-old white male to being the most diverse you can imagine. Another thankful thing. Women in the hobby are a real thing. Uh, you could never assume that the woman's a wife, a girlfriend, or a mom. And whether it's ethnicity, whether it's age, whether it's race, it's something we've never seen before. It just grows everything exponentially. And I'm thankful for it. And I think we'll be expanding on in the future. Mike, you're thankful for your customers, but how have they evolved? I think they've become a lot smarter and more appreciative of the hobby. They're able to do more research about products. They're able to understand what their expectations are. Between the live breaks we do in the shop, the case breaks that we do, what we do is you call it night. So the first thing I do when I have a new collector, not customer, who comes in, I say, please, I, I, this will sound really weird. I said, don't even buy anything today. Just look around, get a feel for the place. And, and if you want to dip your toe, fine. But the most important thing I'd say you could do is join us on a You Call It night. We'll go live for two hours on Monday where we just break open whatever collectors want. And it's a great opportunity for them to not only to see product, but to see how we run the shop. It's friendly banter. It's give and take, poking on me, uh, you know. Whatever I do wrong, whatever name I, I butcher, I always say the shop is a, an individual surrounded by cards. This week, everybody's got tops update on their shelf, prison baseball. Hopefully, they still have absolute football on their shelf and uh, predict extended series. So, and we all have the same releases on our shelves. Why does somebody come here? Why does somebody not go somewhere else? Why don't they buy online? 
And it's because of the community that we create. I've noticed in the last year and a half, our online community has expanded exponentially. Our, our breaks are filling more quickly. We're not doing more of them. I'm, I'm comfortable doing one case break a week and one you call it a week. Uh, we also do a thing called Singles Night, where we go online. And for, the other night, we did it for three hours straight, where I've got all sorts of pre-priced singles, and we're rolling through them one by one. We've got prizes at the end. And, and it's creating a fun atmosphere where you be able to buy a card. It's something that I never thought would be possible, but here it is. I'm spending five, six hours a week myself prepping for it. And it's become not a worthwhile experience because of the dollars it generates, but it's a worthwhile experience because my collectors are having fun with it. We used to have a buddy who would do it with me and somebody would buy a card, it would go in their pile. And at the end of the night, you go, do you want to know how we did? I said, I really don't care. I know that's a really weird thing to say owning a business because mostly we we're in a rush to get to a restaurant before it closed. But somebody did it the other night. Like, do you care how we did it? I said, no, I just had fun. And it's nice to be in a position where it's not dollar driven. I don't have to worry about the numbers and, and maybe I'm not designed for the corporate world. Maybe I'm simply designed to own a friendly card shop, but it, it's nice to not have to have basic concerns and to be able to run my shop the way I want to without fretting over the numbers. I know the numbers are going to be fine. We've seen a little give back this year from earlier numbers, but I don't go to bed freaking out about it. It's, it's nice to have that comfort level where I don't have to live and die on a day's numbers. The older collectors, they still want to put their hands on cards. What we're trying to create here is more eBay store within the store. A lot of the guys come in and everything's online and everything's case break and things are sterile in a lot of places. It's not a hands-on experience. We built a room here with 600 double shoes. Jim, you would lose your mind. Majority are by player. You want to come in and look at Troy Aikman? We got a double shoe starting at a buck. Grab a box. We have 16 chairs in here now to sit down and look at products. That really pacifies a lot of the older collectors that come in that want to put their hands on cards. And we've even built a vintage section where you want to look at 65 tops. They're in number order. They're all soft sleeve. They're all a dollar fifty. And I think that lends itself to pacifying an, a collector to come in and still have that physical hands-on experience that's so missing in the business right now. I think that's important. And I preach price points all the time. Hobby boxes are so expensive. We've done a tremendous amount of business with the retail wall that we've built. But someone goes into what I call the fishbowl. They can stay in there for an hour. There's a TV in there. Spend 20 bucks and get satisfaction. So I also think that there's still a space for that. And remembering that it's not just post-pandemic crazy products, slabs, and breaks. You need to have that balance in your store as well. We had sections for every single team, but it wasn't really accessible. It was something, it didn't generate a knot, so it kind of got pushed to the back. It started with a four-row box with one row of pre-priced everything, sleeve, top loader, and everything. We had a row of baseball, basketball, football, hockey. And, and we, we were selling cards out of there so quickly because there was a hands-on experience that, okay, we couldn't get it to the point where we could break it down by team because some teams would only have two, three cards. First thing we do when we pick up a collection right now is break it down. But we're looking for two, three, four, and five dollar cards. And what started out as a single four row box is now eight uh, four foot tables stretched across, where it's all labeled by team. Everything's in a sleeve, top loader, and already priced so people can enjoy it. We've got adults who are going through there. They want to get the prospects. We have kids who want to get their favorite player, whatever it is. It, it's nice to be ready for them in a way we haven't been in the past. The best thing I've done in my shop in the last year is been able to produce that. What, what started off as literally two feet of, of space is now thirty two feet. Okay, both of you guys have sons that are involved. I've visited with Sam a little bit and Ryan, but what would your wives say they're thankful about for this year? Because I, I know both your wives are in the background, but obviously that's a really big deal. If mom ain't happy, nobody's happy. So True. to what extent would your wives say they're thankful for this year with respect to the hobby? I think that 
A little more financial security would be the obvious thing that pops up. Being able to do things you might not have been able to do before, but the problem is you really can't go anywhere. So it's been this catch-22 where all of a sudden you have more money, but you really can't go out and spend it as much as you'd like. I I think my wife is thankful for the fact that is in the family business because that's not always a given and that he's driven with it and that it's something that me and my father can pass along to him and let him thrive in the business. I think she's thankful for the fact that we have this store now that has community and she can come in this store and walk in and see women and families and come to an event and go, this is so cool, where she might not have said that before. I think she's thankful that my daughter's not in the business, that she has her own path and that she never had an interest and she was never forced into the family business. She does the bookkeeping and I think she's thankful for the fact that it takes her a lot longer uh, than it used to uh, take her and I'm able to actually give her some money. (laughs) Whereas before it was a donated thing. But I think she's thankful for the social media and how we've taken it out there and that her friends are seeing me on Instagram every morning. And we can have these conversations now when we go for dinner or we go on a little vacation that I I saw what Rob did there. I see this and engages the friends in what we're doing here as well. So I think that she's thankful that in a world of a pandemic where your business could literally have gone away in a heartbeat and through some unexpected tragedy, she's um, cognizant of the fact that our industry is not something to be embarrassed about. Um, Going out to dinner with your friends and what do you do as a new friend would ask? Well, I own a baseball card shop and that might've been not (laughs) the coolest thing to say back in the day because they didn't get it. Um, but now all of a sudden, it's a conversation starter when you're with friends and they want to know more about it. And she can actually speak on it now. She's just more engaged and stoked about the fact that all three generations um, are uh, involved in this business. On the downside, I work too many hours. I was supposed to be home at four yesterday, stay till six, 12-hour days or pretty normal. So she doesn't see me as much, which is good and bad. But the hours that we're putting in are worthwhile. After all, she is the first lady of the happiest place. So a lot of what Rob said, involved son, uninvolved daughter, wife who doesn't do my books, but that's a really good idea. Talking to her about that. Basically, when I met Dawn, my shop used to be open till 10 o'clock at night. When Sam was born, we cut it down to eight thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to ever survive only being open uh, 10 hours a day? Post-COVID, we are now open till six o'clock at night. We have a dining room table, which I realized is not just good for sorting cards and pricing cards at night. Apparently, there's this weird thing you can do on it during dinner. You can actually eat on it. So we have dinner together and we have Wednesday night date nights, unless there's a Nuggets game, in which case it's Tuesday or Thursday.